Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Uh, good morning. It's uh, at least the weather's a bit cooler. Um, it's Wednesday morning again. Got a pretty cool lineup today. Interesting, uh, quite juxtaposed um, guests here to talk about us today. Uh, talk to us today. We're going to talk about all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Um, but basically, the theme hasn't changed. We're talking about we're talking to people who are involved in startups, but uh, in completely different style of startups. But quickly, uh, a bit more mundane stuff. Try it commonplace stuff, but it's important nonetheless because I know a lot of you guys want to know about this. Reserve Bank met yesterday. What was important? Because don't bother going and reading the paper. Don't look at the news. Don't listen to the radio. Just listen to this. Um, they covered off their five usual positions. The first thing is the Reserve Bank said yesterday is they're not going to increase interest rates, but they didn't rule out they're going to reduce interest rates in the future. So the market is predicting a reduction in interest rates again in um, this year and probably most likely in the November meeting, which would be Melbourne Cup Day, November this year. Um, but don't expect that to be passed on to you because the banks are going to hold that interest rate. So irrespective of whether the Reserve Bank drops interest rates or not, you're not going to get that in your back pocket for Christmas time because the banks will hold on to that interest rate reduction. Why did the banks? Why did the Reserve Bank decide not to pass on or not to uh, reduce interest rates yesterday? Well, the following reasons. One, they take the view that the uh, global growth is moderate. So in other words, it's not underwater, but it's not where they would like it to be. But they did cite that there are problems in China. And they did cite volatility in equity markets, which no doubt some of you guys are are experiencing at the moment, particularly anyone with superannuation and living off the super. So they did cite the volatility as an issue that they're keeping an eye on. They also went on to say that property prices are still growing, particularly in Sydney, Melbourne, and they actually mentioned Brisbane for the first time. But they said this is not a national uh, consequence. There are issues in house prices in places like Adelaide and Perth. They're not growing. Um, But in recognising that house prices um, are increasing, they did say, they went on to say that the regulator, which is APRA, has been putting pressure on the banks to stop house price growth in investment properties. In other words, the regulator is talking to the banks and talking to people like my company, Yellowbrick Road, and saying to us, we don't want you to lend to investors anymore. And if you do lend to investors, you've got to charge them a higher interest rate than you do to owner-occupiers. Plus, when you lend to investors from now on, you've got to make sure that investors have at least 20% deposits. So 
you're not going to get the 90% lens anymore. But the Reserve Bank recognised that in their statement yesterday, which is quite important. They said inflation is well and truly under control, which is uh, another reason why um, they didn't have to do anything with interest rates. They talked about growth in Australia and they said growth is underwater. They talked about um, issues about confidence and they said in, uh, confidence is a little down. Generally, they painted a picture which said, we definitely don't need to raise interest rates in, now or in the near future. They also painted a picture overall in their, in their five or six points um, that, that Australia's growth is moderate, but they also painted a picture that they're going to keep an eye on things and they made it clear in their last paragraph that if they need to reduce interest rates to stimulate the economy, they will. So interest rates on hold, uh, they flag future potential to in, uh, reduce rates, don't worry about interest rates going up for the time being. But bear this in mind, even if they do reduce interest rates, and my view is going to be in, in November, if they do reduce interest rates in November, you're not going to see end of any of it because it's going to be absorbed by the banks, which means more than likely the Reserve Bank, if they want to have any impact on the economy, will have to reduce interest rates again sometime next year. Okay, that's that, interest rates. Um, RBA, you don't need to read anything else. You've heard it. There's no more information out there. The Reserve Bank did this in six paragraphs and did it in less than one page. It took me like about 60 seconds to read it, so I don't know why the hell you're going to spend a whole lot of money in the Financial Review and read 10 pages on it because it's just a whole lot of rubbish. Who are we doing next, Nick? What's, what's on? Good one, Dad. We've, had a, we've got a lot of female listeners out there, and a lot, more often than not, I'm responding to emails throughout the week from females, and um, they're really great. I mean, some of them are sending in pictures. A lot of them are asking really insightful questions. Um, some of them are asking to come on the show. We may get them in on in, in the future weeks. But I felt, you know, off the back of all that, I felt compelled to get, you know, someone, and a lot of these girls are young in, you know, the age bracket of 20 to 35. So I felt compelled to get someone, you know, that I, that I someone's story that I've been following for the last few years, because we went to university together and um, someone who started really young, who's a female, having a go, someone who's not technically trained in the field that, that she, um, that she now works in. Um, and someone who's, um, basically overcome all of those things to, to have a go. And her name's Genevieve George. She's from One Shift Jobs. And, I thought get her in and and you know tell us about you know get her to tell us about her story and and find out you know what the journey's been like and see if she can offer any advice to our listeners. Well, I'd like to know Genevieve. Is Jen or Genevieve? Jen. Okay, Jen. Uh, you went to university, Nick. I know, so I've got lots of stories. Oh, well, that's what I really want to know. I know the stories. Uh, okay, well we move on because this is a this is a not adults only. Um, I've only got stories about her brother, but <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, okay, kettle black. So, so Genevieve, yeah. name your business. It's One Shift Okay, why don't you explain to me first and to anyone who's listening, what is One Shift? One Shift is an online talent marketplace that connects local local talent and local businesses. We've got uh, close to 600,000 users and about 37,000 businesses using us across Australia. My first question to Nick was, what's the difference between you and Seek? We are a dating website that introduces you to candidates that you need without the dates. And whether you have one date or get married, we don't get involved for any of the recruitment fees or anything like that. So if you need 50 bartenders in your postcode right now, you can access them. You can say, I want them to speak French. I want them to have an RSA. I want them to have access to a vehicle. 
vehicle and you can filter down instantly to access those people. How old are you? I'm 24. Okay, when did you start this? I was 21. I finished university. Well, I did three semesters with Nick and then decided to go um, work in Sydney at Night Frank because the uni just wasn't my thing. And then I went on a gap year for eight months and then came back and started straight away. So That's, that's an interesting mm. thing because you went overseas and you were mm. finding that you couldn't there wasn't enough job portals out there to sort of satisfy the casual style of work that One Shift now provides for. Um, you, you know, you, you didn't have any technical background in building websites or employment services, recruitment, any of that sort of stuff, but you saw a gap in the market and you just thought, you know what, I'm yeah. going to have a go and try and solve the problem type I think thing. the biggest thing is that people think they've got to build Facebook overnight to get started yep. and be successful. You don't have to go that far. Like, you just did a WordPress, a right? Yeah, like, free yeah. blog and it was a matching algorithm, inverted commas, that yep. was magically making it all happen, slash me up till 3am with a glass of wine going, oh, you'll be a great bartender, done. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> a lot something. of manual work in the beginning and oh, it doesn't have to be overly technical, just yep. sort of get out there, get a start, get some runs Fake on the board. Fake it till you make it and see what happens. <laughs> That's it, absolutely. Yeah. That's well, it. just, just let's, just be, there'll be a lot of people listening to this and saying, well, hang on, we don't understand all that. <laughs> um, like, I like to get, you're 21, okay? You're sitting there and you realise that there is a, a gap in the market. Yep. What was the gap? So personally, I Plain, was... Real nice and easy for me, simple. Of course. So I was hitting the streets basically in the south of France looking for a job on a super yacht. You basically print off a resume and you had to literally negotiate your way onto a boat. And there was a hundred other kids behind you who wanted to live on these boats, get paid about 2,500 euros, fed and accommodated. So it was a lot of fun and a lot of money to not do a lot in the yeah. south of France. So, but how did that yeah. inspire you to do something? Yep. So we were basically told, great, you can start work in 30 days. And I had 20 euros to my name, called old dad and dad knew exactly what I was calling about before I even called, <laughs> hung up straight away and so I went, okay, fantastic, 30 days, 20 euros, see what we can do. Went back to the hostel, there was the whole hostel in the exact same situation, just trying to survive till the next month to either start work or find the next role. Um, so I went to the local coffee shop downstairs that we all went to, all spent our money at and just said, look, give us the shifts, you've got overqualified chefs, deck deckhands, waitstaff. Um, let us work here, give us the money, and we'll spend it here to eat and we can sleep so You said to the cafe? Yep. Okay. And we got so that you, manually. you took that initiative. You yep. said you, you sort of made yourself the representative of everybody in the hostel yep. who was hanging around. So use used the leverage of all the skill sets in there to get myself the shifts and they can negotiate their own rates, their own work hours, everything. I just wanted the ability to pick and choose my own. Pick and choose your own what? Uh, shifts. When I wanted shifts. to work. Shifts, sorry, shifts. to work, yeah. <laughs> so what did, what did you do? Um, I just did wait, waiting tables. Okay, Easy so stuff. You, you, yeah. you do the waiting. And Ben, what did the owner of the cafe say to you when you put that to him? Um, he didn't understand it at first. And then after I explained it to him and introduced him to some of the people that were eating there, then he understood it. The more money he gave to people that were customers, it meant that they would spend more money with him rather than having to leave because they ran out of money. The so bottom line yeah. is something in it for him. Yeah, definitely. As opposed to just having the extra staff. Yep. And did he? Did you? Did, did, did they come in at a low rate or one? No, everyone negotiated their own. It was all fair, yeah. fair wages. We just got the flexibility, and it meant that we all survived until our role started. So when I came back to Australia, I was in the same situation, out of a job, ready to start work. Uh, got a job at Collier's International, a property company, just as a team assistant, and had my friends going, "Oh, I need a job. I can't find one." And I said, "Okay, well, I'll do this. I'll just do a free blog." And um, you do this at night. Yeah, after work. Okay, so, so cool. That, that, I think that's an important point. So you're working <laughs> colleagues on a wage yep. at night. You came home, you got on the internet and you talked. Well, you got on the Facebook, whatever it is, talked to your mates. How did you do it? Did you do yeah, face-to-face -face on Facebook, all sorts, just normal sort of stuff. And then would literally um, got 
went online to literally Googled how to start a business. Yeah. Good old register for an yeah. ABN came up, did that, <laughs> printed that off. I was like, great, I've got a business now. But that's the easy part. Then that it's matchmaking. Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, right? <laughs> it literally was how you described it, just putting people together. Yeah, yeah. introducing them and whatever. And who wrote the algorithm and who built the uh, system? How did you do that? So I designed the algorithm. Um, and so what's your, what's, how did you do that? It's all logic. So it's I, I would literally go, all right, um, once I got the blog up and had about 300 uni students and a couple of clubs using it, I knew I had to actually couldn't do it manually forever. So I went to some developers in Surrey Hills who were just contractors. They worked out of a terrace house and literally whiteboarded it and went, right, I want it to go from this side to this side and I want them to magically come together. I don't know how they come together, but this is how I want it to okay, work. Okay, so you, you, had, you instructed some people who can cut code <gasps> yep. how to turn your idea into into you know, computer language. Yep. So you didn't use the computer language. You're not a computer program. I can't code. Okay, Still can't okay. code. <laughs> okay, so you, you can't code, but it, yeah. it's important because people listening have to understand you don't have to be a computer no. programmer to do these sorts of things. You no. just have to go and find someone to oh, do it. Definitely. Oh, there's so many free services online that can um, half get you there now. There's even something called marketplace.com. So if you want a double-sided marketplace, you can literally subscribe to this thing and you get access to that whole ability without having to develop a single line of code. Right, so you yep. come up with the idea, which is the algorithm, but someone actually turned it into a mathematic, mathematics yep. for you. and then So it's like it, designing a house. You yeah. want a two-bedroom, you want the door here, you want it to open like this, and so you're they the architect. build it. Yeah, yeah. and they'll build they it. They call the software, or the architect, yeah. yeah. And, and someone else built it up for you? Yep. And then what did you do? I kept hitting the streets. I'd um, print off posters at work after you know eight hours in the office, and then thank you, colliers, and then literally go to universities, cover them with duct tape and posters, which looked horrendous, but somehow kept having people signing up. Um, so we, that, was your, that was your marketing campaign? You could call it that. <laughs> what was your headcount at this time? Did you have anyone helping you other than the, the contractors? Was it just yourself? No, Did you have a partner? or Just myself. Yeah. And then um, first hire was a backpacker called Jade from Ireland right. um, and found her through one shift. And it still was, with, one, with the company? I know. She had to go home. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> ran out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so... so, so, so how many people have you got now? Uh, we're getting close to 50. 50 people? Yep. So how much money did you put into it? Cash? Oh, gosh. At the beginning, it was my whole salary, as much as I could afford, just trying to um, all my time that I had. And then from there, when we were five months old, we were approached by um, Programmed, who's a public company, um, who are a labour hire company, who saw us in the AFR and a current affair in the first week of December okay, 2012. There. So you're in the AFR. <laughs> so someone come and saw you. Yeah. As a result of reading about you in the AFR, how did you get in the AFR? Uh, so I literally was posting photos up everywhere on Facebook. Um, basically, anyone I saw. Actually, I ran into you in a coffee shop, actually. Got a photo of you with a one-shift card back in 2012. Serious? Yeah, you're on it. You're famous. So I'm in the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I just, just want to uh, let our listeners know that Dad introduced himself again this morning. Great memory. <laughs> I was For the second time. Ago. So where was that? It was at um, La Vittoria, just down the road here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got a photo. So it was John Simons, um, John Eels, you name it. I was okay, so there's everyone. A, there's so, Perry. You know, so let's not sort of play dumb this down, play it down. Let's let's actually you actually may not have Nick said you had no technical expertise, but you got some expertise because you 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 ripped in and you went and got people's photographs and uh used that, which is Pretty cool. Commit, no offense, sorry. My yeah, no, it's fine that. by me. I don't care. No, I'm I'm happy actually, happy that it actually had any part in it, to be frank with you. Um and you were cheeky too. 
you got to be cheeky because no one's going to give it to you on a silver platter. Correct. Unless you're trying to cut corners, do it quicker and create a community that might not necessarily exist on Facebook. We were approached in June when we first launched the proper website, 2012, by Channel 10 on The Breakfast Show when that was around. Um, and they did a segment on us um, as the day we launched. So just creating that community, people notice it. They want to put you on TV. They want to get you out there because they think... Because they're looking for content. Yeah, and they think something's happening and yeah. nobody else has found so it. So how important was that to you as a, as a kickstart? Like, well, that got words. us investors. We had investors approaching us, which we did. Like, we were five months old and we had them knocking on our door going, we want to put money in this thing. How much did they give you? Uh, $5 million for 27.5%. So first investor did? Yes. So this is programmed? Yes. So they gave $5 million, $5 million, $5 million yep. for 27.5%? Yep. How did you do the valuation? Well, we got to a point where we were approached by a couple of others because at five months we were like, we don't even have a payment gateway. There's no sort of payment model. We didn't even know what it was going to be. So we pushed back and said, look, give us six months. Let's build this in, figure out how to get a payment gateway in for starters Mm. and then play with that business model. And they said, fine, we'll see you in six months. And in that time we had anything from media companies to other job boards and things like that talking to us. And so we said, well, look, money doesn't guarantee anything. You can get $100 million, but even if you do a marketing campaign, there's no guarantees on what you're going to get out of that. Mm. The program can bring all their candidates and all their businesses, which Mm. is what we'd spend on a double-sided marketplace for employment. If we can guarantee that traction, they're worth coming on board with. So we agreed. Oh, of course. Getting all that in kind was um, guaranteed our traction. So just for people listening, how important then is when you – there's two passes. Not only did you get the money, but you've got a partner who added value. Yes. So if you're you're a – someone's either a budding entrepreneur or a startup, et cetera, um, I think it would be great if you could explain to them the importance of when you're finding someone with money that if you've got a choice – how you choose out of the three candidates which one you which one you should go with based on their ability to add further value to your business oh definitely if you can f- if a smart person can figure out what's going to make their business successful like what are you going to spend that money on because if you can guarantee that traction it means that your business is going to grow you know mm. 10 times quicker um, so for us we're not looking for investors now because money's fine we're mm. we're fine but it's now what can we get now that'll grow our business 100 times quicker mm. um, so how can you cut the find those cheeky ways of getting you know a hell of a lot more growth mm. so with the valuation it was literally right well how how big are we now where do we think this thing's going to go and how much cash do we need to get there and then we just gave them a meaningful percentage from there. Okay, so what have you done since then? So you've got the $5 million, you use that to develop the business further? Yep, so we, gosh, in we're just under a year old when that happened. Now we're three years old, so in two years we've grown, um, like Glass Financial, we grew 645% in revenue alone. We've got um, close to 600,000 users. I think we're just under 100,000 at the time. And where do you um, sit in the universe of, rec- like, your competitors? Are they yep. Seek? Are they MySpace? Are they, you know, we... Someone actually told us that you're that you're quasi competing with sites like Freelancer now as well, like those sorts of short term yeah. job contracts. So as because we're a very data driven model, so a job board, for example, a jobs posted, the next role actually devalues your post, and you have to keep posting to stay at the top. Right. Okay. Great model, but for us, when a role gets posted, we take in all the analytics and data and actually give a better experience to the next person because it's an ever ever evolving algorithm. Yep. Um, so for us, if we've as more and more people have signed up, we've actually then opened up into new industries and new types of roles depending on the data that we have. So we've moved from just one-off shifts to even full-time work now because that's what people are looking for. Um, and then from there, we've been able to then compete with not only Seek to, you know, you've got your other job boards out there like Career One, et cetera, recruiters, labour hire, you name it. But we play in a 
different space. We're between the LinkedIn's and the Seek because it's all about instant connections. Yep. You Google blue car, you see blue cars with us, you look for a bartender, a wait staff or whatever the case and you see them, you connect. So we're all about connections and we're a data-driven model to give uh, okay. a better experience for the candidates. So it's less about posting jobs, yeah. more about connecting people that yep. are already there. Definitely. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. I see. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't want you to underplay this. Um, it's quite brilliant in terms of the development of it. I mean, the idea was simple, um, based on demand and your own personal experience. You saw an opportunity that was sort of simple in terms of intellect. Um, you then did something quite intelligent and that is you went and, and cheeky. That takes balls um, and courage. That was cool. And uh, you went around and sort of promoted yourself and then you found an investor and you did something smart. You gave him a meaningful um, stake but it was meaningful for you too. Yep. But since then, you've done a lot of sort of crazy development in terms of your software and it's sort of, as you said, it's an ever-evolving algorithm, sort of starting to get quite technical now. Yes. But that's because you had the money to involve all the technical people. Having the right team, guaranteed. You can have the best products in the world, but unless you have the right team backing it, you've got no chance of getting it forward. Whereas if you have the best team in the world and a horrible product, they'll figure out how to make it work. When was your, out of all the... Was it three, five, four years now? Three five. years. <laughs> okay, so what, what part was the most exciting in hindsight? Gosh, this year's been crazy. Um, this has probably been our most um, successful year. We've also achieved a lot of new things. We we try and disrupt our own product now, so every month we'll launch a new product to disrupt our own. Dis- disruptor, disruptor. Exactly. Yeah. So we're Project X at the moment, it's our elusive name, and within a week of doing this trial for less than five grand, we outperformed our own business in hospitality and retail. So we did a proper trial. Within the first three days, we outperformed the whole week's trial. So this thing's great, getting a lot of momentum, and the team's very excited. So we're pushing this forward Next quite step. a uh, growing it, we've just literally launched it uh, like officially now. Um, it's two weeks or a week, a couple six days, seven days in now um, after the long weekend, and um, so we're trying to see how that goes. So addicted to it? Absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't really? be doing anything else. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> seven days. Seven days. Uh, so it's um, traveling. I'm in a different state every week. Um, just literally meeting people, businesses. We've been fortunate enough to be on the 100 most influential women in Australia list this year, which is exciting. Very good. Um, you know, so all sorts of things, meeting lots of different people. And um, was invited by the Prime Minister, Tony, before he got booted out to San Fran with him. So cool opportunities like that that wouldn't be doing, I guess, unless we we're doing this. So, yeah, and, uh, credit uh, to the team. And what would you say to all those people who have a great idea or they think that's a great idea and uh, haven't you got and done much about it, but, you know, sort of just sitting there at college? or where it is. <laughs> Sorry, about, what, are they, what are they going to do tonight? And what, what would you say to them? Just start. One conversation, one Google search of something, just do something and get the ball rolling because it's all about testing, failing and learning and that's the only way you're going to get started. So just get out there and give it a crack. Testing, failing and learning. I like that. Thanks. Learning especially. Yes. <laughs> Genevieve George, thanks very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and meet you, by the way. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I have to send you that photo. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I helped. A little bit. We've got to give her a plug. Employ- employees, employers, look out for one shift jobs as well. Yep, one shift jobs. There, if you're go looking, for it. If you're looking for a job or if you need need to hire somebody, one shift's the place to go. Join us, hang, hang out with us for the rest of the show. I mean, we've got a couple of interesting dudes that we're talking to next. And mm-hmm. if you've got anything to, any, any business advice, because I know that they're lacking in that particular area, <laughs> they're more than sufficient in comedy, but maybe a bit of business acumen from yourself could help out a little bit. Next guests on the show, you know, without further ado, are the, the, the hilariously funny boys from the Streets of Sydney production. Um, they're a, a, a satirical group of guys. Um, 
you know, one of them's definitely got comedy in his blood. He's the son of Billy Birmingham. Tom Birmingham, he's a funny dude. We went to school together. Great, great guy also. Um, I, I just love what they're doing. Um, you know, I think it's very innately Australian to, to take people off and to and to mock where you can or where it's funny and, and, and not offensive to do so. And um, these guys have, have, have really kept it really balanced and, and making, you know, I think the lack of offence comes from the fact that they're, they're taking off absolutely everybody in Sydney. They've got about 15 plus characters or something, is it, guys? Or? Uh, 20, 24, actually. 24 yeah, characters yeah. from all around town, the north, south, east and west. Um, there is, you know, they, they started this thing as a passion project, but it's, it's gained so much momentum and so much popularity. And, um, there's definitely a commercial outcome behind what they're up to. They've written, acted, directed, produced this thing themselves. Um, they'll eventually syndicate it themselves pending, you know, a good result from the first season. Um, that's a business if you ask me, that's a startup and I'd love to hear their story. So any, either of you guys, we've got Tom and, and Seb here today and, you know, whichever one of you wants to talk about it first, take it away. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, Seb's, if, to be honest, Seb's probably the, uh, the driving force behind the whole thing. He's sort of, he's the one that sort of keeps us all on task, on track. The whip. The whip, yeah. the whip, Seb. That's interesting. <laughs> so you, is one of you more the, one's a bit more um, sort of left thinking and the other one's a bit more centred thinking? Is that how it works? I mean, like, uh, I mean there's, look, there's five of us involved, so there's certainly, we're all probably a little bit more left thinking. Um... And then Seb is just sort of is as well, but he's sort of that necessary uh, like regroup. He's the glue. Yeah, absolutely. So did is that, is like how did you? Well, that's that. Is, is, is he Seb? Have you evolved that way? Do you think, or is that's how you've always been? Did you know that? Uh, well, look, basically, with the five of us doing it, we all grew up together as well, and it's not that it. You know, I chose to be that role. It just happened when it was get this done. And I, I went to film school, so maybe it was also having a bit more knowledge of the technical side and what to do, just kind of naturally get this done, get that done. And But we're all, you know, equally in the, the creativeness of it or all that, but it just naturally happened, I guess. Yeah. So is it heavy on creative? I mean, like there's five of you, you're all, you're all creative? Yeah, yeah, we all sort of, we all have... Uh you know, all the sort of writing is done. We all just sort of sit down and we'll all sort of work through ideas and characters and whatnot and sort of it's definitely... Uh... Why'd you do this? <laughs> oh, we saw we've been doing our whole life. We're taking know. the piss. Yeah, yeah, and we're not taking the upper seat on anything. No, we're, no, no. we're the guys that if there's a whole bunch of people at yeah. school or whatever, yeah. we're in the corner. We're not cooler than anyone else, but we'll pay them <laughs> out saying... Well, he's a loser because of that or that or that or I that. I could vouch for that. They weren't and cool. Just... <laughs> oh. so, I mean, Some like... of these characters aren't brand new, by the way, as well. You've been doing them for years. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, what, like, we've had some famous people do this sort of stuff, of course, you know, uh, John Cornell and Paul Hogan. I mean, they, they sort of created the Paul Hogan yeah. character and, and they created the Strop character. Does anyone, did, has any other Australians inspired you or do these guys inspire you or have you, ever, you guys ever watched that stuff? Oh, look, I guess the first mockumentary I ever saw, that I, well, I don't know if it was a mockumentary, but Russell Coit when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Russell Coit's Aussie Adventures, I found that yeah, yeah. hilarious. You know, just, you know, you go shake a hand to a white person and there's a, a black hand, just all those little funny things that you're like, this is shit, but it's funny and it's meant to be shit. <laughs> and um, that's... And, well, I mean, even... Because and Hamish is another guy that's in it. These two, Hamish and Seb, when they were about, was it 12 years old or something, yeah. but they would make like Russell Coit. Yeah, and, we'd make uh, our own Russell Coit. They'd make their own sort of videos that was uh, the sort of things that we've been like lampooning, we've been doing for years. And that was probably one of the earliest uh, 
incarnations well, of boys, tell us stuff. about the, the genesis of the business itself. What was what was what prompted you to start a business? Where where did your money come from? Oh, it was a romantic night at uh, the Glengarry Hotel <laughs> in a Redfern classic pub. A couple of uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> $10 jugs of tiger, so we'd hang out there a bit and yeah. uh yeah, we're playing playing uh, the more Chili's Pokey Machine, Pokey Machine, and uh, won a won a feature. I didn't win a lot, but enough to go. Well, here's enough to you know either have you know a great weekend or go away or something, or yeah. just buy the sound gear. And we've been talking about it for years, and we're yeah. like, that's the biggest kicker for us is that we had all these ideas, and it's like we're gonna have to go rent the logistics of going and renting something and having the pressure of, oh, we have to do it in this two days yep. and do that. It wouldn't, you know, let just us flow where we gear, bought so. the gear. Yep. And then any day we wanted, we're all living together. Well, let's just do it. Let's give it a go. Mm. Half an hour doesn't matter. It's casual. We've got the gear here. So, and then it just kind of went fast. You know, that mm. made us, uh, found our rhythm. Yeah, but just so we, again, I don't, I don't want to underplay it. I mean, you, you, five of you had already got together, thought you'd like to set up a business together yep. and that you had the, a good idea, and you had the talent, you know, and you've, you know, you knew each other, you trusted each other, but then you won the dough. Mm. What a couple of grand! Oh, it's just a, just over a grand. Great grand. <laughs> okay, so you took a thousand dollars. You took put five a in. weekly wage. So you took the thousand, oh. and you went and what? What did you get? What did you get? Uh, a radio microphone. Uh, uh, Boom microphone, and I already had the money to just get the second hand or brand new. Brand new. Already had the camera. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not the best camera in the world, but these days a four hundred dollar camera in the you know daylight's the same as yep. anything else really. Yep. Um, so we had that, and have just slowly added little bits along the way. Um, and then once we started taking more seriously, we started putting uh, money away each week just into one of the accounts we made, just and so that accumulates. So anything we need for, you know. Uh, Props or entering to festivals or music, music or anything we need. Mm. Now we've just got that little amount that you know it helps us every week because we only spend something every couple of weeks. So the so business is called. The business is more Chili's Productions. Okay, so in honour of the uh, machine that you want to made out of, and uh, you're trading as. I mean, what do you, what do you call yourselves? Like uh, you know, what 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 do people know you as? Oh, uh, well, I guess what's your, what's the your, more, more Chili's or the Streets of Sydney guys. That's the, okay. That's probably that's what I was the Streets of Sydney guys. Yeah. So. What's the, what's the sort of underlying theme about the streets of Sydney, guys? So what, what are we talking about here? Like, what, what's your philosophy or what's that about? I mean, why the streets of Sydney? Why don't I call it the streets of Melbourne or streets of Australia or Aussie guys? Well, or, well, why the streets of Sydney? I guess because we're, we're in Sydney. We know Sydney so well. Um, and I, I guess our, you know, philosophy behind the whole thing was, would be um, like we're we're not we're not even start this, but like Bonner Hipsters do this a lot as well, where you're creating content for people mm. who don't actively seek content. Mm. So they're not people who go to film festivals and actively seek web series and know all the up to date T V shows. Those people are already researching their thing. We're managing to engage audiences through social media a lot who don't necessarily seek content, but they they if it's there and they like it, they'll watch it. And it's kind of that new market, I guess, where that's how you know People are consuming content these days. Sure. Yeah, uh, like funding is getting less for uh, traditional forms of yep. film and TV. Play. Uh, I work at a place that's getting closed down with government funding because these days you can just literally buy a four hundred dollar camera, yep. go out there, test it. Don't pay a cent for marketing. Put it on social media and yep. see how people react. Okay, but could you, you need to explain that. Sorry, Nick. You need to explain that, Seb. Like, uh, and. Tom, don't feel free to come no, no, anytime. Like, right. um, Tom produces a radio no, show, so he, he can't be he can't be bothered. He's going into work in a few hours. So, but, so, but like when you say you know just you know four hundred bucks, 
you got the content that's yeah. free, it's your coming out of your head, um, and using social media. Explain to those people, explain to everybody what you mean by it, because it's commonplace to you. But what do you mean by that social media? What part of social media? How do you how do you market yourself and build awareness program? Well, I guess. Um Look, the, when I mean social media, I mean it basically means self-distribution. Uh, mm. So you can use Facebook's a big one. YouTube, probably not so much because that one is YouTube viewers, I guess, uh, the ones who are they're actively seeking content again. Mm. Even though it might not be a TV show, it might just be a funny video. But YouTube subscribers are seeking where your Facebook audiences are not seeking content. They're there to socialise. People are following news sites and, you know, funny people. But I guess that's if you can get them engaged, your general public, and you don't need to pay for that. You just up, you made a fa- you make a Facebook page. Do you think that's like a uniquely um, interesting point in time that we are now, where guys like yourselves, like lo- the barriers to entry have come right down, yeah. and like guys like yourselves and anyone else out there can just put it out to the broad masses without any any associated cost, really. Absolutely, that's it. You don't need to you don't need to pay for a thing. Like you, yeah. you need the maybe the four hundred dollar camera. And, you know, yep. just learn, teach yourself that. Do you, do you get, I mean, a natural question is, do you get what, I mean, eventually you guys, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't live off the more Chili's money forever, right? <laughs> a thousand bucks is going to disappear well, at some right. point. That's our that, money. Do you, do you get worried that at, at some point when you are looking to commercialise this thing that the environment's just collapsed around you and there is no money to be made out of these things? Or um, do you think this is still lucrative? Well, I think we're looking to maybe... I, the first goal for us is funding for a second season of Streets of Sydney and yep. we're happy just to take enough just to actually get it done and yep. pay ourselves to do it. But I think I'll what our, <laughs> our angle would be with this is get Streets of Sydney out there or also make more chilies a voice. So if people want to use us for branded content, so not creating an ad, but we'll, yeah. their brand can be in a video we come up with whether they use our character, you know, subjects, mm. um, <laughs> use our subjects or yeah. anything like that. And it works with startups, like we're discussing travel as well, and events are a big one for us. Whether you know we send people from our side of things to an event and document an event, or say someone starts a like a combi camper van travel Uber, like say take it from here to Byron and you can leave it there. Instead of just getting a flashy ad on TV, which, you know, mm. might be the wrong audience, yep. you get that general public that we've got and just make a five-minute, ten-minute doco about our experience on this little van where the van's just there as the, the vehicle for our story, but it's their content. So sure. that's maybe where we want to ma- move into to actually make yep. some money out of it. Yeah, sure. But, so like advertising. Yeah, it's advertising. But it's, organization. but it's, yeah, it's people. But a new version of it. Yeah, a new version of advertising, you know, the flashy flashy ads for all these, uh, you know, big brands. Maybe you're getting the the wrong audience or so, but if, you just, if you've got like a – I guess it's people who want to have a bit of tongue-in-cheek with their advertising mm. as well, people who uh, want to, yeah, just have something different. Like we something did, better than 30 seconds too. Yeah, yeah. Or like, 23 seconds with seven seconds worth of um, conditions. That's yeah, that's something we've we've come across in this show. Like, I mean, our sponsors. I mean, they don't don't want to directly advertise through the show, but they are talking about projects that we've got on in the future where they can maybe inject themselves – Try to sort of like do it in a different way. Collaboration. You know? Yeah, exactly. Not not traditional. Yeah, that's, uh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna stop the show, you know, five minutes in and do a thirty second a live read. And if yeah. you're in, yeah. if yeah. you're a people are smart. If you're a young fund company and you hire a young fund kind of crew to help yeah. you out, people yeah. go, oh, they you know they're cool rather than that rather yeah. you know just we did something wasn't really our collaboration but we helped do it with budgie smugglers the um 
Speedos. Yeah, Speedos, yeah. Th- those guys, are, they that? work out at Manly, like <laughs> out of their own place, and they um, do it full-time, just selling budgie smugglers with all the different flags on them. We just, they uh, have a, their kind of face of their company is this guy from, he got famous from Tinder. Yeah, he doesn't own the Tinder, Tinder fella. Guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's like the face of their company. They have a lot of fun with their social media and we just got him in budgie smugglers from Manly to the SCG yeah. the whole way to the Swans game and just filming him and they just put that out there. And it's just that kind of fun advertising where they're just like, yeah, here gets branded content. And so we just, we, we're just filming that for them. And so good. Bondi hipsters and the iconic ads and things like that, how do you see yourselves ever going to something like that? Or that far? Yeah, I guess... Um, Depends sort of how the characters are received maybe a little bit and just sort of <laughs> you work out where you can best place them. I don't know, they're sort of... The characters we've got aren't necessarily... They're not necessarily... You couldn't, it's not like you couldn't put them in an iconic ad, but it's sort of... It's one of those things where... We've got, we got Nick Malushi. I mean, he could... He could pair, if Todd's, are out, if Todd's are out there listening, they could... A pair of loafers. He's, That's true. He's, he's got, he's a great got his best ones on today. Yeah, yeah. Get straight onto the yacht at Double Bay Marina. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. And um, guys, what's what's? Um, I mean, you got, you've just wrapped the first season. Um, that that's you're releasing episodes what every week. You've week got another one out tomorrow. today. Today, yeah, so Eastern Suburbs episode today. Malusha's out. So out just yeah. explain it to me. So, you, what was your first episode? Cronulla, the Shire. Yeah. Okay, the Shire episode. Yeah, and um, I guess you sort of um, you've got a Shire character. With the, oh, there was three, three subject characters. Three There's three sub- characters to sub- each area. Explain, give, me, give, me, give me a quick explanation of the three characters. So well, one's, uh, he's like a surfy Sharad Klein. Bodyboarder. Uh, bodyboarder. So, yeah, he's a bodyboarder. Then, then Not so, quite a surfer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a, uh, a sort of young up-and-coming uh, Cronulla Sharks second-grade footy player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got a, uh, a fitness, uh, a, a chick that owns like a fitness instruction, uh, you know, sort of business, uh, what is it, CrossFit business and sort of is trying to mentor women through life and help them attain a rugby league player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what about episode two, the East Suburbs one? East and Suburbs. Be interesting. Oh, you've, got, you've, got plenty of, you've got plenty of experience. Experience in the area, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's drawn from well the people we met, well, yeah. um, but we've got a uh, yeah, we've got the Nick, Nick Malouche, who uh, you know, who might go down to Double Bay and you might see a few Malouches. Where he <laughs> he loves, he would hate me saying it, but he he loves the idea of the the bit the end game of the business world, but maybe doesn't actually do any of the work or business in between. But, yeah. uh, I feel Close like you're now. conflating a few people I know with Nick Malouche. Like, there's a few interesting last names and first names there. And, uh, I know some with a yeah. sort of d- differing ending, a different letter on the last part of the yeah, surname. Yeah. But anyway, someone and said uh, that yeah. to us. Uh, it, who else it you got? Not intentional. <laughs> who else you got? Who else you got? Yeah. Um, Belle Highlander, who's a, uh, a self-entitled sort of uh, eastern suburbs girl. Who's she's uh, start. She's had her own startup. Uh, much like Jen, but probably a little less uh, hard work on on Belle's part. It's sort of uh, three grand saved up from babysitting, and then ninety seven thousand dollars put in by her father to, to start a. She imports sand from overseas for skincare products. Okay, and that's a Great good one. Business model. And who's the other one? Oh, F- uh, Fingo. So he's a he's what? a uh, his Fingo. name's Zachary Cohen, but he calls himself Fingo. Fingo. And he's one of the ones that you see. Uh, you know, you see if you are. Uh, uh, you know, boys from the schools around there, mainly you know Cranbrook, Private where schools. they've got a lot of lot of things with them. They have a boat, but for some reason they're uh, they're the hard boys on the street. And they've been like, afforded what, everything. What's from going their family? on here? Like a bit of territory war down at down at the Yoke, but uh, they've chosen like a life of uh, you know hanging down <laughs> in the Stein you know, Park, being the a hoodlum. Boys. Yeah, brought up the back streets of Bilby <laughs> Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know a few of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that that's cool. One. So that's coming out today. Is that that episode? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. many episodes in a series? Eight. Eight. 
And you see, so you've, you've you've wrapped your first series. Yeah. And uh, what do you hope to do with the series? Like, you know, after once, do you want to syndicate it, or what do you want? To, what you actually want to do? Yeah, uh, like definitely, we want to um, we want to do it again, but do it with you know, we don't need a lot of our our type of filming doesn't require a huge production budget, but do it again where we can do it five days a week, six days a week, rather than you know two days a week in between work mm. and just uh, yeah, it doesn't really. We just want to get it at. Get it out there and do it. So, again. is your next partner? Uh, sorry, I'm interrupting. You, is your next partner a media company who's looking for alternative forms of media? As yeah, opposed to putting it on Channel Nine or Ten or Seven. I mean, is that well, what? we're definitely not going to get you know free to wear. Maybe SBS yeah. Two kind of fund these type of you know MA Fifteen left of field. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. no, but, but, but when I think about it, like if if you look at the the big production companies like Fremantle and Granada and et cetera, et cetera, like they 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 run massive massive shows and massive budgets, et cetera, and but then again, you know, if you look at the block, the block started off with two guys who come up with an idea and took it to Channel Nine. You know, Julian and I can't remember his partner's name now. But now it's a big, big show. Nine owns it. Mm. But it started off as just an idea between a couple of guys, and they were running a little production company. And uh, these sorts of things can take off mm. because if it's if it's popular, it's popular. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, like Hogan and uh, Cornell started like that. You know. Uh, Cornell ran it, decided he went to Kerry Packer and decided to have a. He asked Kerry whether or not he could have um, put on a talent show, and one of the talent that came on the show was Paul Hogan, wow. <laughs> trying to be Paul Hogan. You know what I mean? Like that character. And they said, "Boom, let's uh, let's let's run a show around him." They call it the Paul Hogan show. So yeah. these these things started really small, but I mean, yeah. don't undersell yourselves because channels get paid what five ten k just for placing a product in a show. So I mean, yeah. you guys could even get your own sort of channel going. Like this. Yeah, so yeah, that's a big one as well yeah. with the funding oh, from. Um, Screen Australia and whatnot, they look at your YouTube subscribers and your YouTube yeah. views. That's where it's all at. But we've got to somehow cross our, bring our Facebook people to YouTube. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot slower for us there. But that's it, sounds, it sounds hilarious to me. Like, I mean, I, I watch it. It sounds really funny. So, And I'm in a much different demographic to what you're probably used to. But I would watch that. I mean, I I particularly like the idea of the one about the Shire. I mean, I and I my brother and that grew up in the Shire, and uh, I know those characters. Yeah, <laughs> not saying he's one of them, but no. uh, he'd be filthy if I said that. But uh, but also, I've lived in the East suburbs for quite most of my life as well, and uh, and I know those other characters you're talking about too. So I mean, it's sort of funny. And Australians like to take the piss out of each other. I, I mean, think I, that's I, the key, I, I, without being sort yeah, of terrible. without being too heavy on anyone, yeah, on anyone yeah, yeah. specifically. We don't sort of, and we don't sort of, uh, you know. Pick on anyone's. We were asked, I think, when we were talking to this chicken, it was sort of like the idea of punching down or, you know, that sort of stuff and sort of mm. with the western suburbs sort of areas. Or, but none of it's sort of class-based. It's all just very much sort of the characters. And as you were saying, like, you know, you've but you lived in the east and you know these people or you the Shire. It's Most of the people from these areas are not like that, but we're everyone just trying to – everyone knows those sort of people or sees those sort of people. Well, you're not going to miss anyone either, so that's good. No. So everyone get you have a crack at everyone. Yeah, so you're gonna, exactly. you got one for the North Shore? Yeah, we do. We've got um, a uh, – a semi a semi racist grandmother called Prudence yeah. Rightway. Um, <laughs> what's what's uh, um, we've got a, 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 yeah, a shore boy, a former shore boy. He's like ten years out of school, but he still re- like you know refers to everyone where what school they went to, and he's what's he got Alistair Northbridge Fairway. Uh, <laughs> he's a, he's a row, row, rowing crew and rowing head of the crew, river, yeah, head of the GPS river. system. Yeah, yeah. GPS system. <laughs> can't give up the, uh, yeah, like the just vicariously goes. through his high school. Yeah. Still, um, so in other words, you don't miss anyone, which is cool because it's yeah, sort of English, uh, if yeah. you have a go at everyone, it's it's all good. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune in. I, I reckon it'll be really cool. I particularly want to watch the uh, as a, the the shy one, but I want it because of my brother. But I, and I'm going to tell him about it when I get to work today. And uh, but I want to watch the suburbs one. When's that come up? 
This afternoon at four. This afternoon at four o'clock. Yeah. And guys, I'm on it. And guys, um, don't forget as well, we've got a couple of the characters in today and they'll be having a chat with Dad post the show. So hopefully we should have a couple extra clips for you, a bit of- On the website? On the website. On our website. On our website, yep. So- yeah, ch- check that out, and also you know the boys have got another eight, eight or so episodes to release. So that'll be seven, including today. Yeah. Seven, including today. So that'll be coming in the coming weeks. And I think you know um, we always like to do stuff for businesses that come on the show. Um, you know, yeah, I, th- I think you know part part of what you guys need to do is, is build yourselves up and get as big a following as you can before you start asking commercial questions from partners. And you know, we'll, we'll have a chat off off air about you know what I think what you're doing today is great. Coming on shows like this, promoting yourself, and we've got Mr. Connection over there, Nick Fordham, and he, you know we'll have a chat and see you know where else we can sort of promote your business and get your name out there because you know we want to get those followers up, we want to get the views up, and so you guys can eventually make a quit out of it. So. You invested in this. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hit you up after. Yeah. I'm, I'm invested no in the startup community, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, and, and, and thanks again for coming in. I, I think you know a, a great sort of bit of variety for the show, and good to have a laugh, you know, amongst some serious topics. So thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah. No Excellent, well done. Thanks everybody. Appreciate and it. And Jen as well. Thank you. Okay, Nick, what's on next week, mate? We, we get a lot of people writing into the show asking questions. They want advice. They want to pitch their businesses. Um, I'm going to be spending, working hard over the next week to, to do a, de- uh, a deep dive into everyone that's written into the show over the last couple of months. And hopefully um, we can get through as many as we can, ask, answer the big questions, um, talk about pitches and talk about how we can help, it, help, help these guys out in the future. Cool. Looking forward to that one. And uh, so everyone have a good week. Don't read too much into the newspapers. Don't listen too much to radio. Don't watch what they're t- talking about on television. You've seen it right here. You'll hear it right here. Um, I really appreciate these younger people coming into this, the studio today because it gives me the energy and I'm going to go off to work, work today with full of enthusiasm. And it's, it's brilliant. I love startups. Appreciate it. Good luck, guys. Thank you. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris. And find out more at markboris.com.au. Listener.